0: Are you ready?
1: Baby, we done it. We're rich, baby. Conor McGregor made us
2: rich. Coming in with Black you. Break the red panties. We're rich, baby.
0: I said, oh you
3: To you love, Riggs, Keith, Austin, and Peyton. And we are live here from Redline Radio, Pearl Road, Cleveland, Ohio, for the We Like Sports Podcast. I am Riggs, here with Peyton, and a friend of ours, a guest, and hopefully a long-time member of this panel austin's in the motherfucking house how you doing i'm doing good happy
1: to be here happy to talk some sports talk some other shenanigans and uh let's get this thing rolling all right
4: so um obviously austin this is the first time that you are with us thankfully um it it, it took the um the covid to get you in here finally <laughs> but i mean when you're sitting at home and you're on your ass just like all of us what better way to kill some time than listen to some sports for the next two hours? So, Austin, why don't you tell a little bit about yourself, a little bit of background, sports background. Obviously, the people at home can see that you have a C on your hat, meaning that you are a fan of cock.
1: Oh, oh, absolutely not. Um, <laughs> I am a big fan of the Cleveland Indians. As you can see, I got the C also on my left shoulder. Nice. Uh, I also got the state of Ohio on my right. That's uh, browns colors, kind of faded crappy tattoo but it's all good uh a little bit about myself i uh former high school and uh college baseball player uh currently a professional wrestler and diehard cleveland sports fan and sports in general so excited to get this thing going and let's have some fun
4: no. All right, here we go. So, obviously, coming up in today's show, before we get into that, why don't we end up going on the social media really quick, though, because I will end up forgetting about this. Definitely check us out on Twitter and Instagram, which is at WeLikeSportsPC. We will be having a new logo on the way, as you could tell, with Riggs's shirt. That is an old shirt. We will end up having new merchandise soon. Austin, really so. with your face on it hey. as well. And Keith, when I – I mean, Keith isn't with us right now. As he just said, hold the fort down for me as I have to fight this bitch. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Keith, we miss you. (laughs) Obviously, you couldn't make it because of other problems. Um, Your son's doing fine compared to last week when you ended up missing for that reason. But obviously, this is, I I guess, from at least a personal perspective, it looks like it could be a little bit better. Hopefully that ends up being solved. But as mentioned, our Twitter and Instagram, our Facebook page is We Like Sports Podcast. Also, subscribe to our YouTube page as well. The YouTube page being We Like Sports Podcast. Um, and then also the replays of the show being Thursday morning at 9 a.m. on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, and Anchor FM. So I guess as we get things started, we'll talk some NBA. Oh, and I was going to – I one of those things I was going to end up forgetting, and that was that the guests that we have coming up, we have two guests coming up in today's show. We have Dan Justick that is a co-expert at Dog Pound Daily, which is the fan-sided um, Cleveland Browns ba- branch. I know that they don't have, like, specific websites. They have, like – or they don't have specific groupings. They have, like, specific websites that they work for through fan-sided. And also Tommy Carcelli. I feel like I could have possibly butchered that name, but he is the Solon J V baseball head coach or one of the coaches. We'll end up clarifying that a little bit later on. But we have definitely a little bit of perspectives from the Browns and also with high school sports, obviously, with kids missing out on whatever time frame of pretty much of their baseball and high school sports careers. But we'll get into that a little bit later on. Um, but as mentioned, we will jump into the NBA. So, first and foremost, Ennis Cantor ended up having a little bit of a light of the situation that Michael Jordan's flu game just seems irresponsible now.
3: Oh, wow. Yeah, in these day and ages and these sensitive times and this epidemic we're going through, that that's that, funny it, that you say that. Yeah.
4: It, <laughs> like, it was something out of the blue. It actually made me laugh. I mean, looking back at it, if. Michael Jordan ended up having, let's say, the coronavirus. I still feel like he'd end up playing through this.
3: Yeah, he probably would, but at the same time, like, are you talking about Michael, Michael Jordan in 1998 or if he was playing in today's age?
4: Well, if it was today's age, it's not happening. I right, mean, yeah. we,
3: we always hear about how, you know,
1: old school basketball was a tougher, different style game. I'm sure they would have played or right or through Shorter,
4: this. too. That they were.
1: Got to show them legs.
4: Man. But, yeah, like – Definitely tougher times back then, too. They were a lot tougher. I mean, you don't have people like LeBron that were soft and flopping around all the time like a fish. Um, but I mean, if, if there could be anybody presently that was playing, I mean, obviously, you had Rudy Gobert, you had Donovan Mitchell, all of that had tested positive for the virus. Um, I guess they kind of were willing to play through it because they didn't really know that they had it. But if there's a modern day basketball player that could have possibly played through this virus, who do you believe would have been that guy?
3: A modern day basketball player to play through the virus today?
4: Yeah, like let's say the coronavirus and like they were able to play through it completely.
3: Kobe fucking Bryant.
4: Oh, man. (laughs) Austin, what I are agree. you thinking? Uh,
1: I'll tell you what. This is going to be a weird, uh, weird pick, but I know he's been kind of like an Iron Man. I'd say Tristan Thompson. He had he had a very nice streak where he'd play yeah, every he was, single game. He or no was, days off. Yeah, no
4: days off. And with or without the Kardashian.
1: Yeah, he he still powered through even with them.
4: <laughs> Tyler ended up saying that Kobe would have dunked on the virus like an alien in Space Jam. He would have. Oh man, but like, it's just like. Imagine Kobe, Tristan Thompson's even another one too. Does that come with or without the Kardashian?
3: I say, I, I think he played his best games without the Kardashians.
4: I almost made a terrible joke about Lamar Odom, <laughs> but I decided just to skip oh. over it. Uh, but like, I guess for me, what I would say, I mean, I think a present, like what would happen in this present day, I feel like Jordan would do it again. I don't know about like this day and age, but if like, like you were saying, Riggs, back with the like the 1990 era, I feel like he would end up playing through it if it was that type of person. If it was him now, there's no way that he played through it because I mean, what? He's 50, 60 years old. Yeah. I I if we're talking present day, I could still see Kobe if he obviously was still around, that he would play through it. I could see Tristan Thompson. Kind of for me, I feel like LeBron would be afraid to play. So I like I kind of want to say LeBron, but at the same time I can't.
3: That was one of my first suggestions was LeBron. I was like him, but eh, let me go with someone that I don't know personally, but a, an athlete that we seen have ice through their veins in any cold-blooded situation.
4: I could see somebody like I want to say Dirk, kind of like I could see Dirk Nowitzki I ended up playing through it, and like he'd he'd still be a huge beast being a power forward shooting th- some threes. And I feel like he wouldn't even tell either. But uh, anyways, also on the front of some basketball, Giannis ended up posting on Twitter or on Instagram, as I saw it on Twitter, a picture of him in a New York Knicks jersey with the caption of one day. I'll tell
1: you what, this stuff drives me absolutely nuts. I mean, we had to deal with it here in Cleveland with LeBron. All those years teasing the fact that he was going to go to New York or something like that. Yeah, the I ended up market. choosing Miami, but I mean, how many years did we sit here and it was like LeBron's going to be a Nick one day? Yeah, like, gonna, and then the same thing with Kyrie. He wants to go home. He wants to go back, you know, to New York. And it's just one of those things that's just don't don't, don't troll don't troll your own fans, especially when you're still playing in that city. That's that just drives me absolutely
3: insane. It's rude. It's ignorant. It's like. If, when you're a free agent, I believe, yeah, you can get that off all day, but if you're still under contract to that team, in a way,
4: I don't want to say that's tampering, but that's, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's I like, feel like it would be tampering, though, in a way. Like, I mean, even if he wasn't on the radar for the Knicks, I'm pretty sure now that he ended up saying that, like, oh, hey, like I'm actually one day going to play for the Knicks. I'm going to end up trying to communicate in some type of way. Like, I mean, at the end of the day, you know tampering happens. Lonzo Ball and LeBron talking when he was with the Cavs still? You're telling me when they ended up talking that they didn't say anything about the Lakers or LeBron telling Lonzo that I'm going to ship your ass out of here? Like, it happens. And Giannis is signed. He's a free agent. This next year is his last year under contract. And then at the age of 26 in 2021, he will be an unrestricted free agent, which means he could go wherever he wants. He could go with the Knicks. And – the Knicks aren't that good. No, no, no,
1: they're not, and it just doesn't make sense to me because right now the team he's on, they were in the Eastern Conference Finals last year, I believe. They they're yeah. one of they're one of the top teams in the league this year before everything happened, and it just doesn't make sense that you're gonna almost mess with the morale of the team even for next year, knowing you got a shot to make a run for for an NBA final spot, and maybe th- even th- this year if the season continues. It, if it on. does, uh, not seems- looking
3: good, but. Seems like the New York Knicks franchise is like a sinking ship. I like see on the four-letter network that they get all the, how can I put? They get all the underbelly jokes about how bad they are, like how we used to get it being Cleveland uh, sports teams. So, I th- I feel like New York because you know we've been there. It's a big city. It has a hell of a lot to offer. City that never sleeps, and it's like you know we're one of the biggest fucking markets. In the United States, why do we have the worst team in the world? And like we're talking about on the way up here, I believe it starts with ownership.
1: Oh, absolutely, Dolan. Dolan has no idea what he's doing running a running a franchise that prominent and that important to the NBA. I mean, look at it. That the Knicks is such an important franchise because of the market that they have. I mean, that's why there's all those rumors about them fixing the the NBA draft so they can get Patrick Ewing back in the day. Cause yeah, I've seen it was. That documentary. It was so. It was. It's so important for the Knicks. It's so important for the NBA, for the Knicks, to be successful. Mm -hmm. But it all starts at the top. And when your ownership is not doing the right things, it's hard to bring in the players that want to stay.
4: And, I mean, you have to also remember, too, last year around this time there's talks of, what, Kevin Durant going to the Knicks, Kyrie Irving going to the Knicks. They ended up going to Brooklyn. But, like, all these players ended up, like, having that possibility. I mean, Paul George was one of them. Like, you name it, everybody wanted to go to New York. And they ended up going it like, I mean, I feel like the Knicks ended up like suffering in from their own hype, and everybody else saying, "Well, I want to be a Nick." You, Austin, you know, I want to be a Nick. You want to be a Nick. Riggs, you want to be a Nick. I would. So if like, I was a basketball player, I would play for the Knicks. Yeah, I'd I'd be
1: playing I'd, in the most uh, Madison Square Madison Garden. Madison Square Garden. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
4: But like everybody wanted to be a Nick, and they realized that, like. They realized that they had better opportunities, but I still feel in the end, I feel like if Zion would have been drafted to the Knicks, I feel like that could have changed the landscape of the NBA. I don't feel like R.J. Barrett was that leading piece, and that changed everything. And I'm also looking at the 2020 mock draft here, and it's so weird to see that like, obviously, without the NBA lottery, your number one and number two are the two people that are on the TV here in the 2018 or 2017, 2016. 2016. Come That's on. That's what Payton, I what are you thinking? I can't see the <laughs> year. I, I, I don't remember,
1: me, you don't remember the year the Cavs won I can the championship? T- I can, tell, I can tell just
3: by watching this series. Like, I'm starting to, like, get a little nervous. I'm just clenching my fists. Like, this is – look, we could have lost this fucking game right here. And we were you done. Mean, look, yeah, we would have been done right here. Like, this – was the best, worst summer of my life because of personal reasons after the Cavs won the finals. I lost my mother three days after that. But it, it, it just, I don't know. It, this is just something I'm going to remember and everyone in the city for the rest of their lives.
4: And like, it's just wild too. And like, also into my defense too, the Cavs and Golden State ended up playing how many years in a row? 2015? No, 2014. Four or years. Four years. Four years in a row. Yeah, five yep. years in a row. Four years in a row. I thought we were going to be the
3: Celtics Lakers. We could have been if yeah. some asshole didn't leave. If they didn't asshole, get they Kevin fucking Durant, if yeah, they didn't get Kevin Durant, Draymond like, Green said it himself. If we didn't have Kev, we didn't get Kevin Durant. He said the it should have been two championships, Golden State, two for Cleveland. Yep. And I honestly fucking believe that.
1: I mean, I'm thankful that uh, Dan Gilbert was willing to spend the money, but I think the NBA definitely needs to get rid of the whole pay the extra taxes to get a higher salary because then it's just like baseball. I mean, baseball it's the unlimited salary cap it doesn't do anything good for the games and it doesn't do anything good for the markets of you know teams that don't have the money to spend and i i mean, I mean the nfl is the only one doing it right in my opinion
4: exactly and i like pretty much go on with your point too like you have these guys that were playing how many years in mm-hmm. a row they had an injury plagued season this past year and now you're looking at a one and two first and second overall draft pick in the draft Literally
1: two years after they were playing in the finals, four. Listen years to in a this, row.
0: and also look at both of them teams right now. They're both the worst teams in the NBA. Both yeah. teams. It it's weird how that works because Golden State is going to be really good moving forward with a top five draft pick, and they have Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson. And, they still have Steph Curry and too. Steph. So you Steph got the four guys. On. So you're going to obviously get a big guy. Somebody said that they were they were in talks of signing. Well, not talks, but trying to get Giannis Adenakumbo. If they get him, then it's over with for the West again. Like they need. NBA. Yeah, I feel
4: like we talked about that a while back with that possibility of that. Like, if he because he ended up teasing that too, shocker. But like all the time, like, and and if you look at these guys that are like the top four draft picks, I feel like are the only ones that I'm actually familiar with. But like. Anthony Edwards is projected to be the number one. Obi Toppin from Dayton is supposed to go to the Cavs. James Wiseman to Minnesota. He's the one that ended up getting pretty much ineligible half the season. And then LaMelo Ball at four. After that, I can't tell you who's who. I'm familiar with the first four. But after that, I mean... It's crazy to see
1: I mean it, it's it's also hard for us, you know, normal fans who, who don't dig too too deep into the college basketball season, you know, because we we missed out on March Madness this year. Right. And exactly. That, that's where that's where you, that's big where big you learn everybody, you know, yep. is in that three, four week span you like, learn about everybody that you're you're hoping you know
3: goes to the league. Yeah, and, yeah. Mm-hmm. And imagine that's too. where we learned about John Morant, and hey, that's yep, so how I learned about. Yep. Him.
0: Um,
4: that's where Colin Sexton made his name at.
3: Yep, yep. And Carl Anthony Towns mm-hmm. and stuff like
4: that. Like I didn't. I actually saw him live because actually at the time I was covering, um, the MAC tournament that year in 2016. I want to say was it 2016 or 2015? One of the two, but I ended up covering the MAC tournament, and then they were like, "Well, you were doing this." Do you want to come back for the NCAA tournament? And that was when it was West Virginia, Notre Dame, Kentucky. And I'm trying to think of the other one. But those like the, the four teams that were in that bracket for the Sweet 16 and Elite Eight. And I got to see Carl Anthony Towns in person. I got to see all these guys. I got to see... Notre Dame, the big tall, lanky dude that I can't even remember his name because he wasn't relevant, but he looked good in person. Like it's just all these people are just it's just crazy to see. And like in two, like how many of those players end up relying on March Madness to actually prove themselves that they're not able to do? Like, that's pretty much their tune up game to go into the NBA and prove themselves to be a top ten draft pick.
1: And I, I have a feeling this draft is gonna be it's a is already so unpredictable, but B you're gonna have a lot, a lot of draft draft busts. Oh, I yeah, mean, everybody's 100%. gonna be yeah, n- not proper scouting. And
3: I've uh, I feel bad for the Rutgers basketball team because I remember their coach saying, "We haven't been in the playoffs since '91. We finally get into the big dance, and we can't play in front of our fans." What
4: That's about the- even more so to go off that pretty much that topic? with a team that isn't really relevant in a college that isn't usually relevant, but the Dayton Flyers. They were oh, somebody yeah. that was having a fantastic season. They were 29-2, and two, ranked three in the AP and in the coaches poll, could have actually made a good run in the March Madness tournament, and they just fell off the face of the earth. like Because every other team did, too, and they had a third-year head coach. I mean...
1: And that's that's another thing is uh, that that kid from Dayton that's supposed to – Obi Toppin? Obi Toppin, yeah. I mean, he played against the subpar college you know division yeah. and never got to face any real, real talent like he would have in, Mar- in the March Madness tournament.
0: Now, do you think that's going to uh- – bump his draft stock it's it's
1: gonna definitely help his draft stock i think because a he, he none of his flaws I to, were,
0: I, not, what i said is stump his draft I, stock.
1: i don't think it is gonna stump it i think it actually helps it but it's also a greater chance that he could be a bust because you never got to see him actually play you know against some of the top talent in the nation you know in, in the in the
4: tournament I mean you only like you said you got you only got to see people that were within the Atlantic ten conference pretty much. That was this good chunk of games and like when you break it down to see all these people that are actually playing in this conference, you have schools such as Davidson, Dayton, um Fordham, George Mason, George Washington, LaSalle. University of Massachusetts, University of Rhode Island, University of Richmond, St. Joseph, St. Louis, Virginia Commonwealth, VCU. That's the only one that's actually, like, notable out of all of it. Like, all those teams, VCU's the only, like, notable one out of all of them. Like, it's absolutely crazy because, like, that could have even – not only could it have helped out his, like, draft stock drastically – but also the fact that he could be a number one draft pick if he ended up playing teams and the sweet 16, if they made it that far, or even if they advanced to the round of 32, like he could have been playing teams such as like your Kentucky's your Kansas's your your, Dukes. Yeah. Your, your, your top 10, like usual teams, like your Notre Dame's like uh, you name it. He could have played against them. That could have been somebody that was worth proving, but at the end of the day, it's not like, it's such a drastic change too, and obviously this wasn't a topic we planned on like playing, like planning it, planned on going with, and talking about. Like it just worked out that way though, because when you actually look at it to see what that virus does to like college athletes, I know that they have like that extra year of eligibility, but also at the same time, if you're Ob Toppin, why would you want to go back to school? Because right now you're at your peak. This this could be your peak, not only from collegiate, but also this could be it. Like, you could end up getting drafted, and this is it. Like, you might end up being a bust. You might be an Anthony Bennett type player, because also looking at the college that you're playing for, it's Dayton. You tell me how many people are actually notable basketball players from Dayton.
3: Uh, didn't Norris Cole go to Dayton? He was CSU. CSU? Yeah, clearly, he's, he's yeah. from, yeah, yeah. from Dayton. Okay. Uh, then I, I have no legs to stand on in this one.
4: There's the only one that's actually worth mentioning that has, I mean, the only reason why he's a notable player is because of his brother, because he hasn't proven himself, is Giannis's brother, Kostas. That's it. And he ended up playing back in 2018, so that was two years ago. All these other guys just look the, like they're role players at a quick glimpse, like Chris Johnson. um you played for the Grizzlies, the Celtics, the Seventy Sixers, the Bucks, the Jazz. Sounds like your everyday journeyman basketball
1: player. And the the only guy I can really think of that came from that Atlantic Division is uh, Steph Curry from Davidson, but that's that's exactly. it. That is
4: it. It's crazy to see that though. Like, and then Georgia too. I mean, Georgia Memphis. Like your guys like Anthony Edwards going to Georgia, and James Wiseman. James Wiseman going from Memphis. Like James Wiseman is another one. Like. Look at how many games he played in. He was ineligible for most of the season because of the whole entire transfer pool thing and whatnot. And I'm trying to see how many games he actually played in during this year, but I don't think he played in that many. I mean, if at all. He played, averaged about 20 points per game, 11 rebounds. Here's the kicker. He played in three games, averaged 11 rebounds 20 points three blocks and in three games he's a top three at least top five overall draft pick for the nba like that's kyrie irving territory yeah
3: i miss kyrie irving
4: man do we have to go into that not right now (laughs) like Looking at this team though, like, as we mentioned, we are watching the NBA Finals of 2016. Where Golden State is up three to one. You have LeBron, you have Kyrie, you have K- Kevin Love. You also have Schumpert, You have J.R. Smith, Richard Jefferson, Rich- yeah, Richard Jefferson,
3: right? Goff.
4: Was Goff around? Yeah, he Goffs, was around. 20- yeah, Mo,
3: yep, Mo Williams. Yeah, there's Mozzie right there. Yeah, yeah there. Sasha <laughs> Khan, Sasha Khan, Shanning Fry.
4: But like all these guys though, like D'Angelo Jones. Yeah, Dante Jones. Like looking at that team, though. Like, if I mean, I guess this would be like the last topic, basketball wise, to end up going into. But like, if the Cavs can actually be relevant again, which they can be, they're not that far away, in my opinion, with Andre Drummond, Kevin Love, if he ends up sticking around, which I think he will. Do you think they both stay around?
3: No.
0: That's it's going to be one or the other. (laughs) One or
1: the other. And uh, unfortunately, I love him, but uh, Kevin Love, you, you can't build a championship team around Kevin Love. Kevin Love has to play with champions because Kevin Love does not have the hustle. He doesn't have the drive. He, he I mean, he walks up and down the court just waiting to shoot an open three. Yeah, he, yeah that's true. He doesn't play point. defense. He, 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 he lumbers down the court, waits for the shot to go up, then gets in the paint, and finally gets a rebound. That's why he gets so many rebounds. Listen,
0: you know where it would be the perfect spot for him, and you guys might hate this? If he gets traded, I talked about this on another show, the mm. team the Cavs are playing right now with their small ball lineup, <sighs> you put Love there at the five, he fits there perfectly. He does. But let me ask you this. Who do you who do you ask them for for Love? Do you ask them for, well, give us your first-round pick, and we'll give you Kevin Love? Or do you say, well, why don't you trade us back? Star for star. Uh, why don't you trade us back Andre Wiggins? Would you take Wiggins
4: back for Kevin Love? I wouldn't want Wiggins. Wiggins. I'll, is, I'll is Wiggins on the Warriors
0: yep. now?
3: I didn't even know that. I'm taking that first round pick. But what
4: if they Is say, this okay. This year's yeah,
0: yeah. 2020 first round? I'll, pick? I'll tell you what, you're
1: not going to get the number one overall pick. Or, uh, well, it'd be
0: a top five. So w- if be, they say. I, I
1: don't think you'd get a top five pick for Kevin Love right so now. So we'd say, have to, We'll
0: give you Wiggins back and a I, I second could, round next year. I, I
1: could see something like uh, giving Kevin Love and maybe a guy like Jetty or someone like that, you know. A combination deal for a first round pick, but I can't see Kevin Love being worth the top five pick right now.
0: So then, okay, Kevin Love and Jetty for Andre Wiggins. You or Andrew Wiggins. You doing that? Because, I, depending like on depending else. on how
1: many years I think Wiggins would have on his contract.
0: Because you do have your backcourt solidified. Then you have a true point guard with Darius Garland. You have a shooting guard with uh. Uh, Wiggins, then you can start Kevin Porter at your small forward. Yep, you can put
1: uh, you got Sexton as a Sexton off the bench, off doing, the bench yep. doing,
0: doing the uh, shit that uh, Jared Clarkson did. You got Drummond, and if you get a power forward in the draft, maybe Wiseman falls to you. You're set, dude.
1: Yeah, that's a that's a good. That's solid. pretty
4: solid starting lineup. Yeah, yeah. definitely. But, uh, but like the thing is though, too, I, is I that definitely
1: like... think the key though is with all these small guys that we have. I mean, we have a very small team. You gotta you gotta find a way to keep drumming. That I mean, yeah, that guy that well, guy shows up. He's said he's happy here. He's yeah, happy. him and Tristan. I think that'd be a great combination down low.
0: And the other thing is he's buddies with Love, so that might be a deciding factor where he says, "Hey, you know, Kevin." Maybe you need to move to the bench. Let us draft somebody younger, and, you know, you could be my backup coming off the bench.
4: And, like, the thing is, too, is, like, even if you end up getting, like, a James Wiseman or an OB Toppin, I, I know I said that I think he's going to be a bust, but at least at the end, Obi Toppin ended up playing in more games than James Wiseman. And he also is in his sophomore season. So, like, it makes more sense from that perspective. But, I mean, also looking at the Warriors, too, and from a reasonable perspective, if there's anybody that I can get and anybody that would actually make sense, I would say it would have to be Wiggins because, like, you're not going to get a Curry. You're not going to get a Draymond Green. You're not going to get a Klay Thompson. You're not going to get anybody that, even with that combo of Kevin Love and Jetty Osmond, you cannot combine them and get a Curry, a, a uh draymond green a clay thompson that's not happening so in reality i guess andrew wiggins is your only hope at the end of the day
1: i noticed there's a a pretty important uh message in the uh comments i saw uh jason he left a a pretty important comment down there
4: let's check it out what do
1: you say
0: oh my god really
4: Really? oh wow is that from experience jason what do (laughs) you say look it up you can't see it it's some. it it involves like peeing on your forehead kind of but oh yeah (laughs) but like yeah um i guess on that note riggs why don't you read us off a sponsor and then you could look at how big uh paul pierce is
3: (laughs) smith sewer and drain cleaning llc we do all of your drain cleaning services we guarantee all of our work and we probably offer a 10 percent discount to military police firefighters and seniors hell yeah we are your local draining, cleaning experts, Smith Sewer and Draining Cleaning LLC at 440-242-8704, 440-242-8704.
4: And that would be it for our first break on the Wheelix like Sports podcast. When we come back at the 8 o'clock hour, we will be talking to Dan Justick of the Dog Pound Daily Fan Sided Brown site. We'll be back after this.
0: We interrupt your regularly scheduled podcast for... We Are the Worst. The podcast that brings you the worst stories humanity has to offer. My name is Maggie Ringy. And I'm Andrea Toledo. And we bring you stories like... MK Ultra, Olga of Kiev. Georgia Tan. Heaven's Gate. Cecil Hotel. The Mandela Effect.
1: You can find us on Apple Podcasts. Spotify.
0: Google Play.
5: Podbean. Stitcher box
1: and wherever podcasts are free
0: new episodes drop every Tuesday see you then
4: and we are back on the we like sports podcast Wow I love the calling like people end up like clicking in right away hey how's it going Dan
5: doing good how y'all doing good we're good.
4: here with Riggs and Austin and myself Peyton we're gonna be talking some Brown's news. Dan, give us a little bit of your background. I know that you're an expert for Dog Pound Daily, the fan-sided site for the Browns. Give us a little bit of background info, though.
5: So I've been covering for the uh, Dog Pound Daily for about two years now. Uh, it'll be two years in May. And I've worked for a couple other websites. Started out covering the Seahawks, moved over to the Browns, then joined Dog Pound Daily. Um, currently a student in general school at Ohio University, so... Basically Ou,
4: it. oh yeah. <laughs> that isn't that the slogan too. I didn't go to Ou, but I know it's Ou. Oh yeah. Uh, that
5: yeah, that's pretty much it.
4: <laughs> so obviously, assuming that obviously with the, some coverage of the Cleveland Browns, are you a Cleveland Browns fan or were you more so a Seahawks fan and then just moved over to the Browns? No,
5: I, I'm a Browns. Grown up a Browns fan since day one pretty much uh, good man live about half hour out of Cleveland so okay when I started covering the Seahawks it was just because that was best job available and they wanted someone to cover the Seahawks so I just took it
4: gotcha awesome hunger for that opportunity so oh, yeah obviously the Browns are making some moves this year with pretty much free agency as a whole and they have the draft coming up here in a couple weeks but I gotta say so far and give me give us your opinion too but Austin Hooper has to be the overall best acquisition so far for the Browns. Wouldn't you agree on that?
5: Did we lose? Can you hear me? Oh.
4: Yeah, we can still hear you. Are you still there?
5: Yeah. I broke up for a second. Sorry about that.
4: Yeah, no problem. We were saying though, that Austin Hooper, wouldn't you say he's probably the best acquisition for the Browns so far in the off season? Uh, it,
5: Personally, I'm I'm more of the uh, Jack Conklin signing because I just felt like the importance of that offensive line was it was huge this offseason. I, yes. I felt it was the biggest problem for the Browns last year, and it was a major cause for the issues the offense had. Uh, Hooper's going to be a huge addition just because of the how many how much Kevin Stefanski loves to run 12 personnel. Having him work with Njoku, it's going to be difficult for defenses to cover both, and it's going to really impact how they defend the power run game and the zone run game because you're going to need to be a nickel packages with both Njoku and Hooper on the field because of their pass catching abilities. So if you if you can get some solid blocking out of one of the two tight ends, it's gonna create a lot of mismatches mismatches for the offense to take advantage of, either in the passing game or I guess, the run. Uh, but Conklin Conklin I feel like it was huge just because both both tackle spots were major issues for the Browns last year.
4: Right, I mean and now that, the line now is over uncomfortable so um also too, I mean with like when the Browns ended up signing Austin Hooper at pretty much first glance, a lot of people assumed that David, David Njoku was on his way out. And obviously you said that Kevin Stefanski's scheme for offense is having two tight ends. So obviously you would agree with the fact that David Njoku isn't going anywhere. It's going to be a split tight end like scheme idea.
5: I think as it stands right now, yes. Unless somehow in the draft they found more of that more of a balanced tight end who could handle blocking duties as well, uh, and is still a young guy, so I'm sure he still has value around the league. So if the Browns can manage to find someone who they feel is, deems a better fit for the offense, perhaps they mo- mo- may move in Joku. But as it stands, it shouldn't be the biggest concern right now. I feel like having both of them together would be is a, is a major addition for the uh, both the offenses.
4: Okay, awesome. Okay. And then also too with the pretty much backtracking here to pretty much mid March with Joe Schobert, would you are are you at all any upset with the fact that the Browns ended up having him walk and he ended up being essentially overpaid? Was that a concern for you at all or was it kind of more so just like a a, a, a sigh of relief because he was somebody that would have been overpaid and they ended up signing uh bj goodson instead from the packers and pretty much the linebacker position you ended up i mean all of your free agent pretty much signing so far this year for the browns everything has been at a reasonable price and guaranteed money up front so i to summarize though the question would you be any upset with the fact that joe schobert ended up walking
5: uh, I think as of right now, it's kind of an issue. I don't see B.J. Goodson being more of a three-down linebacker. I see him more being an early-down run stuffer, and it's going to depend a lot on how Mac Wilson and Taki Takitaki develop. Because as of right now, linebacker looks like one of the biggest holes in this defense. There's not a lot of prom. There's a lot of promise there, but just not enough proven production. Although Schilbert may have been over ten million in the year. He did prove that he can make tackles, and it is up to judgment if it was because he was just sitting in the second level and he wasn't the best at run defense, but he was still a solid backer. I don't know if he, I would have paid him $12 $13 million a year as like some people would have, but if they make some more moves, find some more answers at linebacker, I think they'll be fine with it, but I don't know if it would be a smart move if they don't do much else at linebacker this offseason.
1: You're absolutely right. Hey, uh hey Dan, this is Austin. Uh about that linebacker position, I mean I think it's obvious that the Browns are gonna definitely go offensive tackle with the uh first round draft pick, but you think that uh they're gonna be looking more free agency or looking with maybe like the second or third round to try to fill a linebacker position hole.
5: So I, I feel like defense is gonna be a heavy part of this draft as it kind of seems like they went with cheap one year deals just because they feel they can find more guys in the draft. If you look on the offensive side of the ball, they have don't have a lot of holes. I mean, other than tackle, which you're probably right, it's gonna be his first round pick. They don't have too much else to fill in. So I feel like there probably could be some answers in the draft early on, second, third round maybe. But there's also not a lot in free agency right now. You look some guy, there's just linebackers that scooped up pretty quick. And since the first week of free agency it's kinda of died down. So I I don't know if teams are just kind of weird about knocking these guys in their facilities or not. But it seems like the Browns might be more willing to wait until the draft to see what happens there.
4: Okay, okay perfect. perfect. And this is Peyton once again. Um, uh, Outside of Jack Conklin pretty much being your top target for the Browns, if there is another good signing that the Browns end up make, making, what would you say that would be? on the defensive side? Would you say an Andrew Billings would be the better one? Or I know, obviously you said you're a little bit weary on BJ Goodson, but who would you say would be the better on the opposite side of the ball from the defensive signing? If you believe there is one,
5: I think Billings was probably was the best one. He, uh, he filled a big need for the Browns was that big defensive tackle at the middle. who can stop the run and take on multiple, uh, loss at the same time. And then they kind of put Larry Ogunjobi out of position last year, kind of moved around, and it was he suffered because of it, and now there's a lot of questions about what his future is with the team because ever since he had a breakout uh, rookie year, solid second season, he, he did not live up to expectations last year. So having a rotation with him, Billings, and Richardson is going to be a help for all of them. Can, the fact that he can take up multiple blocks is going to let the linebackers play a little more freer, mix, shoot the gaps a little bit better, make some plays against the run. But I also looking at Carl Joseph, I think that was a great addition because he's, he kind of, some people say, consider mediocre just because of his draft status. But since he's entered the league, he's been a solid uh, safety for the Raiders. And he can play, he's decent in coverage. He's a hard hitter. can come up and make uh, plays against the run. So I, I really like Carl Joseph's signing. And, if you, you kind of tell that they're looking for some heavy hitters guys that can make plays against the run and I think that was what they needed this offseason especially on the defense do you
1: uh do you think there's going to be any room in that secondary for Demarius Randall after uh the signing of uh Joseph and also Andrew Sandejo
5: we were kind of wondering that for uh, over at Dolphin Bailey we're kind of it's kind of an up-in-the-air situation. It seems like Randall's more comfortable with out- outside the organization now, especially as the issues he had this year. But at the same time, it doesn't seem there's much of a market for him right now. And there's going to be a lot of questions about what happened with him, kind of calling out the organization about his injuries and all that. Some teams may not want to deal with the headache and after what he's, after, uh, the team dealt with that last season, they might just be maybe more willing to move on from him and just kind of Bring it with sandejo and uh, carl joseph
3: okay okay um this is Riggs of the we like sports podcast also um as a also diehard cleveland browns fan do you think the uh the media and the whole sports illustrated people thinking we're gonna make the super bowl do you think that had a lot to do with our season making a dive? because people and you know in my neighborhood were telling me oh playoffs or bust oh we're gonna make the playoffs i even heard the Super Bowl word come out of some Browns fans' mouth, and I even had to laugh at them. Like, look, I love my team too. I bleed orange, but I don't see that happening this year. So, if I can get your
5: input on that, yeah, I definitely think that the expectations put on them was um, probably one of the biggest issues for them last year. And you can kind of tell once things didn't go their way early on, especially against the Titans, they just kind of seemed like I don't want to say quit, but they just kind of gave up on the seat, like games on and all that. So.
3: And who would have thought the Titans were to be the ones to eliminate Tom Brady? And Lamar <laughs>
4: Jackson and the Ravens and make it to the AFC, AFC championship. championship. Yeah. yeah,
3: Week one, I would have said, no, not the Titans. But, hey, right. a, a, any, on any given Sunday, as the term goes.
5: Yeah, I mean, Variable's a hell of a coach. He's he's extremely underrated, and I think he's going to get some props now for what he did this season. But, yeah, I, I think the expectations was a big deal for the Browns. I think the locker room kind of got a little overboard with it. Maybe they assumed too much and they didn't put in the work they needed. It's hard to say from that on an outside perspective on that, but you can just kind of guess that they may think that since they have all they had enough talent, they can just kind of do whatever they needed to do, but they just didn't put in the, enough work to finish games, put in the work during the week, get prepared for games. And once they were exposed during the games, they just kind of crumbled.
4: Fairbills from Akron, Ohio. Yep. Vrabel's a local guy. Oh, yeah. Wow.
0: Stefanski if he doesn't perform
5: properly and up to par his first couple games. I have been wondering about that because it just kind of seems like, especially if this is a condensed offseason, if they can't get in the offseason program and Baker can't get up to speed as quickly, it could create a lot of issues early on and with Keenum knowing at least the the verbiage from Stefanski and what he looks for in a quarterback, maybe the Browns stumble out of the gate, go 1-3, 0-3, something like that, where they put themselves behind the eight ball right away, it might might be a quicker hook than they want. Um, Baker has the weapons, and he's going to have the line around him. So if he starts to struggle, it's going to be more of what is he not doing compared to what is the problems on the rest of the offense. It's going to be more of a focus on what's what's wrong with him instead of the offense. So knowing Keenum, knowing he can be a solid game manager, come in and handle games, it might be a quicker hook than we expect.
1: I I remember uh, last uh, last year with uh Baker Mayfield struggling and uh seeing some videos of him uh on his uh stationary bike. He started looking like Tim Allen from uh the the Santa, Santa Claus. Claus. <laughs> wow. His beard could just get bigger and yeah, he's <laughs> just win. getting a little getting a little pudgy, but I did see that picture and Tom Brady commented on Baker getting into better shape. Do you think that will uh with you know, have a better impact on
5: uh the season for him? I believe so. I do believe that they kind of had him put on a little more weight take, so he can take some more hits in the NFL because he showed that he's willing to move around, take some hits. But you could tell by last year, he was slowed down and he couldn't get out of the, He was not as mobile around the pocket. He's not the fastest guy in the world, but he was definitely faster in his rookie year than he was last year. So if he can get in better shape, be able to move around a little bit more, it's going to help him, especially if they u- utilize the play action, get him on rollouts, get him on some boots. He's going to be able to move a little quicker than he was last year. So getting a chase on a bad thing for him.
4: So also with the fact this is Peyton once again, but with the fact of a local sports writer that's in a bigger media area than uh, in the Cleveland area, I should say, I'm pretty much giving the website away without giving the actual website, but uh, (laughs) um, they were asked by a fan if it makes sense to trade Kareem Hunt for moving up from their 10th overall draft pick. What are your thoughts on that? And if you do agree with it, what would be your ideal trade scenario?
5: So I'm not too comfortable moving on from Hunt trading, trading him away. I know, granted, running backs don't have the longest life cycle in the NFL, but him and Chubb in the backfield, especially if runoff, you're trying going to have you run offense, you're going to want to take some, take some of the uh, weight off the legs of Chubb. Finding that dual back, I don't really feel comfortable moving on from Hunt. And personally, I feel like we're fine at ten to at least get one of the top tackles. And the idea maybe to move up to try to get Isaiah Simmons, but at the same time, he might be gone top five. So you're not guaranteeing that you're going to be able to get your guy if you move up. Um, so I don't, I don't like the idea of moving Hunt just to move up a couple of picks, especially since we're going to be running the ball a ton and Chubb you can kind of tell during his rookie season, he slowed down a little bit towards the end of the year, you know, just because of the amount of workload they put on him. So I feel like if you can balance out the workload between Chubb and Hunt for a full season, the fresher lives by the end of the year could help the Browns out a ton. I like that.
4: And then also too, with the fact of pretty much like how our producer, David ended up mentioning with like Baker Mayfield and Case Keenum and how short that leash is, what, are your expectations for his third season, Baker Mayfield's third season better than his sophomore season? And do you think that kind of like that sophomore slump was that ideal thing from him this past season with the Cleveland Browns?
5: I definitely expect a huge improvement from him. And it seems like they're going to be building an offense. It's going to be more quarterback friendly and having a bit of a more balanced offense is going to help him a lot. Um, He may not be one of the top quarterbacks in the league in terms of yardage and touchdowns. and But we just you just got to have him move the ball down the field. And he, he's, the biggest issue was is he was afraid to push the ball downfield last year, and he didn't take his underneath routes. So I feel like the biggest things would be his growth of diagnosing the defense, moving through his progressions, finding the open guy and not trying to take too much. He kind of relied on his arm strength, 30 the needle his rookie, rookie year. And that that didn't pay off for him last year. It showed off with a lot of interceptions and a lot of near interceptions as well. So I think if he can kind of manage manage the games a little bit better, take the smart plays, I I think we'll see an improvement. And having Keenum there, helping him with the like at least helping with the, the offense, should definitely be beneficial for him.
3: Okay, okay. Um this is Riggs again. Um, I have a question. Have you seen a preview, or have you got a glimpse of what our uh, schedule for the Browns look like this year?
5: I have not. I have not seen what it will look like. I know you know. I know the teams we're going to be. Fa- we have the idea of the teams we'll be facing, but not in the order we have.
3: Oh, okay, okay. Like, yeah, because I was just wondering, like, because this year I don't see us having as many primetime games as we did last year, because of the whole hype of you know the Browns. What can we do with our high expectations we had? So. I don't know. I just want to know, like, if we see, if you know, if we see a New England this year, or well, like, it matters because you know Tom's not there. But
5: I definitely expect them to have a little bit, a couple, couple prime time games. Maybe not as many as we did last year. Um, maybe a couple Monday, maybe like Monday Nighter. I don't see the Sunday Night happening again, just because that was mainly due to the expectations. But I feel like I feel like the Browns have enough star power in them. And especially if they have some success early on, then they may flex them into some games later on in the year. But I can expect to probably about two or three primetime games this year. That's about right. I like that. Yeah.
4: And do you guys have any other questions at all for Dan before we end yeah, the play? I got. Game? I got one
1: more. Uh, I know the uh, the Browns are going to definitely have to you know rely heavy on the run early on in the season. And having uh, the addition of Jack Conklin and Austin Hooper, who is definitely an upgrade uh, in the blocking category than Njoku. Do you see, uh, do you see Kareem Hunt and uh, Nick Chubb possibly both being thousand yard backs this year?
5: Yeah, I can actually just think about that now. Yeah, I can see it. Um, it's going to be hard to take away what the Browns are going to be able to do. There's uh, just so many weapons on this offense, and if you look, if you compare it to Minnesota, Minnesota didn't have as many weapons as uh, the Browns did. It Kyle Rudolph was a solid tight end for them, but he, he is not the type of pass catcher that Austin Hooper's proven to be. Um, and gaining chunks of yards is what Chubb and Hunter thrived at last year. So, if even if they split the time, it's going to rely a on, lot on the run. So, yeah, I can imagine both of them being a thousand yard backs.
4: Okay, perfect. And Dan, this is Peyton once again. Uh, last question for you: What are your expectations for Kevin Stefanski in his first year as the Cleveland Browns head coach?
5: So, I'm always kind of cautiously optimistic, especially after what happened last season, um, I feel like he's more prepared and he's gonna have he's, he's more suited for being a head coach compared to Kitchens. So I can see him having like a 9-7 type season, but I think a lot of it will come down to what kind of offseason program they're able to put together with everything going on right now. If they have a condensed schedule in the offseason, I think it's going to be a lot harder for him in his first season, especially early on in the year, to adjust. So. If they have a full offseason, I feel like he can do fine, but the condensed offseason could potentially be a huge issue for him.
4: Okay, perfect. And Dan, before we let you go, end up giving our listeners where they could find your content at and where they could find you on your social media as well.
5: So we are at Dog Pound Daily, all one word, dogpounddaily.com. And you can find me at Twitter at Dan Justick, And we also have our Twitter at Dog Pound Daily, same title. So right there, you can find all my work and all of, all of our writers' works
4: okay perfect dan thank you once again for calling in we greatly appreciate it and hopefully for our browns fans out there they have a lot better of a season compared to last year
5: oh yeah for sure thanks for having me guys no problem have a good one you too
4: wow another good interview in back-to-back weeks um so before we end up going to our next break Guys, as we ended up mentioning the Browns, what are your ideal first initial thoughts? I mean, obviously, let's say the season just resumes as it is and the virus doesn't end up costing them any time. I mean, obviously, it's going to cost them some training camp and OTAs, but what are your ideal thoughts as to how the Browns will do this year? Because I know you guys are both Browns fans here. I think either way,
1: even if Baker does struggle early on, I think that the new additions on the offensive line as well as in the tight end category uh for blocking because I do believe uh Chubb and Hunt are two of the top 5 backs in the league and uh I, I just think that they could be super dangerous on the ground and Baker might not even have to worry about uh too much pressure right off the get go and uh hopefully that can get him uh, get him comfortable so that uh he can you know take us on a run and hopefully get a get a
3: get a playoff spot this year I um I'm happy at the tight end spot. I just – I don't know what we're going to do. I like I, Every year people ask me as a Browns fan, what do you think we're going to do this year? How do you think our record's going to be? Talk to me after week four, week five. Then I can probably give you a good number or where we might take a nose dive at. Or even if I was to look at the Browns schedule right now, I can't sit here and say – oh, that's a win, that's a loss, that's a win, that's a loss, because I, I don't know, especially being a Browns fan. You, and never, you never know. You never know. I mean, just look last year.
1: After week four, the Browns were 2-2. Two and two. They won a primetime game. They played a good game against the uh, the the former uh, Super Bowl runner-ups and the Rams, uh, and, and they beat the Ravens, who ended up making it to the AFC Championship, and they beat them pretty convincingly. And then just right after that, it just went downhill.
3: Yeah, week four, I believe, we played San Francisco on Monday Night Football, and we got embarrassed. That that was the next week, week yeah. five. Yeah, we were two oh and two going into God. that. God. Deal. I was yeah. just like, oh, okay. Well, I thought we were going to beat the Niners, but that tells and me don't was, judge a book yeah. by its cover.
4: Exactly. And I mean, also, too, I guess what gives Browns fans some hope, too, is the fact that You've everybody that ends up watching football have seen what they end up doing, what winning teams end up doing, and that's having that mixture of pretty much being a run-heavy team once again because you had Derrick Henry that ran for almost 200 yards in two straight weeks during the playoffs and Ryan Tannehill with like 10, 20 pass attempts combined in two games. Jimmy Garoppolo, same thing. Not too many pass attempts. Heavy run game, though, with guys that aren't even really that, like, relevant. Most wasn't really that relevant going into the season. Tevin Coleman was and Matt Breida, but they ended up disappearing, and I still don't know where they went. Did they end up going to 5-11, to end up getting some, like, pizza and hot dogs and some snacks and end up working there or what? Like, they just disappeared out of the blue. And when you end up having a quarterback that is at least somewhat competent from the fact that could actually pass the ball – And read pretty much other systems on the defensive end and you have two running backs that are capable, like you guys mentioned, of a thousand yard seasons for each individual one that gives you hope. I mean, obviously hope isn't a word you want to hear as a Browns fan, but it's something you have to live on pretty much at this time in uh, a prayer. Uh, hoping, living <laughs> on a prayer, right? But uh, Riggs, why don't you end up reading off one of the sponsors, and then we'll end up going to break.
3: Millsy Motorsports, 43 Pierce Avenue, West Carrollton, Ohio, 45449. Your GM front-wheel drive performance specialist. Our service include dyno turning, PCM programming, custom fabrication, performance parts, engine building, c- cylinder head portioning, maintenance, and engine swaps. American Muscle Reborn. That's Millsy Motorsports Sports at 937-671-7345. That's 937-671-7345. Owner is Mike Miller, not the basketball player.
4: God. And when we get back, we'll have Tommy Caruselli, oh, the soul and JV head coach. We'll be back after this on the We Like Sports Podcast.
3: I'll scrub me the guy who sees my
4: Are you interested in a comedy and media-centric podcast hosted by two broke college kids? They're just trying to have fun while the whole world crumbles apart around us. You could find them on Anchor, Spotify, and Google Podcasts just by searching Singularity Point Podcast, and they'll pop up. Again, just search "Singularity Point Podcast" on Anchor, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. They post every Friday. Make sure to tune in.
1: Like sports podcast, we are going to be heading into another segment, talking a little bit about high school sports and uh, kind of how the uh, coronavirus has halted a lot of these uh, young kids in their uh, in their uh, you know pursuit to try to you know go play college baseball or something. Uh, we're on the line with uh, Tommy Curaselli. He's uh, the Solon JV baseball coach. Good to have you on, Tommy. What's up,
3: Tom?
2: Hey guys, how's it going?
4: Good, man. Good. How are you?
2: Doing good, doing good. Actually, just finished up uh, recording the latest episode of my pod, Gaff to Gaff, and uh, yeah, just trying to you know anchor down and, and wait out this this horrible, horrible pandemic.
4: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean. Obviously, we we gave a little bit of your background really quick of being the JV baseball coach for Solon High School. Um, tell us a little bit more about yourself. We also found out just a few minutes ago that uh, you and Austin both know each other.
2: Yeah, so so me and Austin actually uh, played against each other at Parma High for a couple years, and then I, I actually just missed him because uh, he was at Tri-C the year before that I was there because I played at... I played a year at Tri-C for uh, for some junior college baseball, and then as soon as I got out of Tri-C, I ended up linking up with uh, Force Sports, which is a travel organization here, you know, in Northeast Ohio, and then uh, I've been coaching there ever since, and then I had about a year under my belt at Force, and uh, decided I wanted to get into the high school circuit, and linked up with Solon, and have been there ever since, and, you know, we've been, been lucky to run into a good string of success and develop players, and Uh, had a final four appearance in 2016 and have won four straight conference championships. And now we're just, you know, hoping we get a chance to win a fifth year.
4: And unfortunately, I mean, obviously you mentioned the fact that obviously a fifth year, it's looking as if essentially that fifth year for 2020 will have to be on pause as of right now due to the fact that, I mean, at least from the perspective of our governor in Ohio, Mike DeWine, that schools are closed until I believe he said May 1st so obviously I mean that's right in the almost tail end of the high school sports high school baseball season I mean that's pretty much the end of your regular season schedule and then going to playoffs Um, so obviously you're a high school coach for baseball and at least from that personal perspective of seeing all the kids going through it do you at least give your thoughts on how it impacts the kids so far from, I mean, at least your guys that are seniors and juniors that are trying to prove themselves and end up getting that enrollment in for pretty much the last tail end of their junior and senior year. And also if you end up, if you're talking to any of the kids at all that are going through this, what they're feeling and how what they're thinking of this and how it's unpacking them personally.
2: The kids are gutted. Um, I've had the, the the chance to talk to a few of our juniors at uh, Solon and then a couple of the kids that play summer ball with me at four sports that are seniors and, and they're just absolutely gutted they, they tell me you know I don't care how I don't care when I just want to get out on that field again and, and honestly like I, I kind of feel the same way like I feel like I'm about to go hit fungos in the backyard like I just <laughs> I need something and the kids feel the exact same way because uh, like you said there's guys that are that are looking to play ball at the college level and are uncommitted right now and they were looking at this senior season as a way to you know uh, you know, find a home and, you know, you're taking that away. And, and not only are you taking away the guys, uh, that, you know, have the potential to play in college, the guys that aren't going to play in college and this is it for them. Like you're, you're taking away, you know, some of their, uh, some of their lasting memories that, I mean, we've all played high school sports and and like, these are the things that you look back on your senior nights, your, your, your last game when you laced up the cleats. And I mean, for, for 90% of people, they knew it was that last game, but, you know, for these guys that are seniors this year, they're, they, they they finished up their last game their junior year not knowing it was going to be their last game. So it's it's, it's sad.
3: Damn, yeah, that, that like, yeah, that kind of like that tug on a heartstring. Yeah, it, like I can imagine sitting in the locker room, putting on my cleats like this is the last game I'm ever going to play in my high school career because I'm going to go do something different. And that's by their choice. And like you just said, this pandemic we're going through made the choice for them pretty much
2: yeah and, and you know what we're still hopeful like you said Go- governor dewine uh has has kind of been optimistic about may first you know how realistic that is it is still to be uh determined but you know uh we we talk as a coaching staff twice a week and and you know we're kind of in that same boat of you know if we if we find a way to make it happen we're going to get as many games as we can for the kids and and if we don't then whenever you know we're allowed to, to get back on that field again we're gonna find a way to honor the seniors in some way and have some sort of a, of a senior honor night.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, Tommy, this is absolutely – it's driving me nuts as, as well, you know, just not having sports around and everything. And uh, it, it's just one of those things – like, I could not imagine going through this as a, as a high school baseball player, and th- thankfully we didn't have to deal with it. I mean, it, it's just absolutely overwhelming – and, uh, I mean, I just can't even wait to, to get softball season started at this point. I mean, I'm just, I'm, <laughs> that's funny, what I mean, I'm worried I'm about. Draft right
2: now. I'm <laughs> I can't wait to get
4: going. <laughs> and that's another thing, too. I mean, just to mention that fact, too, with softball season, I, I ended up playing. I, I, Austin, I know you play out in Parma. Tommy, I'm assuming that you play out in Parma as well with Austin. Yeah, that's correct. correct. Um, and I play out in Strongsville, but, like, I I got that email, and it's like, it's just like, we're on hold right now. Stay tuned. I don't have any decision whatsoever. (laughs) And then you also go with that fact, and I'm still trying to get a team together because we couldn't pull a sponsor, and we're just waiting, and it's like, I know half you guys are all without a job, but like if you have the money and you still want to play let me know toss me the money and we could hopefully get registered and get this thing rolling but like (laughs) it's just such a pain right now i completely understand it
1: tommy you don't want to play for Peyton's (laughs) team.
2: Yeah, (laughs) we've gotten better (laughs) it's brutal in that regard we actually had a a fundraiser for our team that had to be canceled because of this whole thing and and you know it's kind of in that same vein of you know some of these guys are jobless right now, and now we're going to have to be scratching for money to even have a season if we do, you know, if we're able to have a season because of the leagues. Yeah.
1: Uh, Switch gears just a little bit. Uh, Not only do you uh, coach uh, Solon's uh, JV baseball team, but you also mentioned that you coach for for sports, which is uh, travel baseball uh organization and uh, m- we've all played well me and you I know we both played a lot of travel baseball growing up. Uh well, what what's the game plan right now with uh Force Sports and and you guys moving forward into this uh summer travel ball season?
2: So for right now we're kind of just in a waiting period of seeing, you know, uh how much how much baseball we're going to have to play. Like if if this thing goes into June, like that's kind of the beauty of the way summer baseball is right now is it it's weekend to weekend. So just cuz you're your first weekend in June gets canceled because the pandemic doesn't mean your last weekend in June will. And, and it's kind of the beautiful thing about it. Um, but in terms of our athletes, we've been able to, uh, email them a, a training program to kind of keep them active, keep them, you know, keep, keep the skills sharp in the home. And, you know, we have a great, uh, program there with our, our baseball director, Josh Biedemann and our, uh, development, developmental director, Anthony Mendoza, they've been done a great job of having individualized training plans for, for all the athletes. It's been, it's been fantastic. So um, the plan is just kind of wait and see. I mean, you know, we have, we have the ability to play competitive baseball and it'll just be uh, the question of, are we going to get the opportunity to?
4: And Tommy, this is Peyton again, from going back to the high school sports situation I know that, like, there's been ways to get around, like, situations that I know that, like, I want to say, like, Parma Community uh, School doesn't have any sports, but, like, I heard the rumor before that, like, if you could end up playing somewhere, like, you could play a high school sport for a different team or a different school. So, I mean, with that, would you say that there's a possibility, kind of similar to how college has offered the extra year of eligibility, that any way that that happens in high school, that... I mean, obviously, with that age group of, uh, let's say, just the chunk of varsity from, like, 15 to 18, you'll end up having probably a 19-year-old, which ends up going into the talks of a little bit of unfair just because you have a grown-ass man, um, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but like, it just ends up, like, just it, the fact that, like, the extra year of eligibility, how likely is it that that ends up happening if it's even in talks at all or if there's any idea for the seniors at all, or is it just pretty much your junior year, is pretty much it if there's no season in 2020
2: uh so from the conversations that we've had as a coaching staff and uh my understanding of uh the ohsa director jerry Snodgrass's uh the, the way he's been talking i think it's just kind of going to be you know sorry about you in your junior year turned into your senior year of athletics i think uh to your point with the the parma Constellation schools and even with uh i know out in lorraine county they have the uh JVS, like the vocational schools, I, I, I bet there's probably a workaround in some way or another. But it would just be if you know, are you willing as a as a 19 year old to, to go to school for another year at a vocational school just to play baseball or or run track or whatever have you?
4: And it, it it just sucks just for the kids too as like a whole, just because like looking back at it, imagining like I mean this happened right in the pretty much your what regionals for basketball season. So like your district game for basketball, if you're a three sport athlete that plays football, basketball and baseball, you didn't realize it at the time, but lacing up your basketball shoes, your sneakers pretty much for pretty much expecting to play and make a good run. in the pretty much the playoffs for basketball that could have been your last game as an athlete in your senior year as a whole, which has to be disappointing. And like, when you look at it from that perspective, too, from the fact that you not only laced up your your cleats for baseball in your junior year, but the fact that your high school career ended on a note of a sport that doesn't usually end the school year. Like, basketball doesn't usually end the school year. It's usually baseball or track or whatever. It's just, it. it when you end up actually looking at it, you feel bad for the kids out there that they have no say in it whatsoever either and especially if this is the end of the road for them and they can't or or they don't want to play sports in college it just sucks or even if they're not going to college it's just looking at it from that perspective it has to end up tearing pretty much tearing you to pieces at the end of the day
2: oh absolutely we have actually having a, a specific case of that we got a two sport athlete senior uh chad Marks. who's a uh, shooting guard on the basketball team and he's a pretty good right-handed pitcher for for our baseball team and like you said who would have thought that you know when they got bounced in the uh the i think it was the the, the regional center the regional final uh, against shaker heights that that would be uh the end of the road potentially assuming we don't play a baseball season and i you know i love chad he's a great kid he comes from a great family and, you know my heart just hurts for all these kids they're affected like that and I feel, I feel even worse for uh the one sport guys that like we have a we have a senior who's luckily going to go play in college at Indiana State, but this kid just lives and breathes baseball. And, you know, he's going to have that, that last opportunity to be a comet potentially ripped away from him. And, man, my heart just breaks for these kids.
4: And now also, to pretty much the point that you guys made, that you're still hopeful that there's still some type of season or pretty much any type of, like, some kind of game is being played for baseball. In the event that that does happen, that let's say May 3rd, obviously would it be some time before you guys end up having the season since there is some sort of conditioning and maybe like a week or two before you end up actually playing, or is that just out of the window and you're going to end up playing as many games as possible in whatever way, whatever practice that you've gotten in at home in this type of situation?
2: Well, so the way that it was going to be originally when – Uh, DeWine, you know, shut down the schools and made it this three-week extended spring break or whatever they decided to call it. Um, They made it so that when we came back on April 6th, which would be a week from this past Monday, um, we would have had one week of practice and then on that Saturday, so Monday to Friday is a mandatory practice, practice only, no competition, and then Saturday you can begin competition. I would assume it would follow the same structure where you have a Monday to Friday of nothing but practice and then uh, the, the the next Saturday you can begin competition.
1: Is is there any way that you think they might uh, run the high school baseball season into the summer a little bit? I mean, I know football, you know, they can start practicing in the summer when they're not in school. Do you think that possibly they could extend the season into the summer for these
3: kids? That's a good question.
2: Well, well I mean, you and I, you guys and I, both know that football is king in Northeast Ohio. No oh, yeah. So absolutely. I think that uh, any time that they you run into uh miss, messing with those. You know, even if a, a school calls them, you know, not a practice day, it's a meeting. And oh yeah, here you're doing 20 push-ups while you're here and throwing this football around. <laughs> um, that's a rough meeting you know, as an adult. What's that? I
4: said that's a rough meeting as an adult. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think anytime you push into where you're you're button up against football, uh, they're, you're running a risk. And then I think even to a point, if you're running up against uh summer baseball, because you know we're lucky at force we're able to make it pretty affordable for these kids but there's a lot of a lot of travel programs that char- charge an arm and a leg for these kids to oh, play yeah. summer ball and and you know you wonder if a, if a parent's going to choose to let's say forfeit that money to let their kid play for their high school or do you know okay yeah sure yeah. the high school might have backed up for the last two weeks or for the first two weeks of june but uh, are we really willing to to sacrifice that those two weeks of tournaments? You and, know what I mean.
1: And yeah, and you're you're probably already uh, already have the tournaments. You're already committed to the tournaments, and it's it'd be hard. I mean, you have to pay to get into the tournaments, so I'm sure I'm sure you already have commitments towards summer ball already. And yeah, it'd be hard to to it's kind of yeah. go through. Yeah, it's of them.
2: just it's going to be interesting. I think it's possible that we see the OHSAA kind of flex their muscles and say, hey, you know what, this has never happened before, so. Uh, you know sorry about it summer ball but uh you know i it's possible i think at most we see maybe the first 10 days of june become part of the the interscholastic uh athletic year
4: and then Mm. after that essentially that would be if it goes any further than that pretty much early june that's it like that's going to be the end of the season ideally if it does happen that early june's pretty much the cutoff for the end of the season
2: that's what I would guess, and, and, and it's 100% speculation.
4: Gotcha. Absolutely, just because with information, situations like this, we obviously have no idea with an if-and-when type scenario and just happens to be an if-and-when. But before we end up letting Tommy go, guys, do you have any other questions for Tommy at all regarding high school sports or pretty much how it's <laughs> impacting everybody it's... from professional athletes to us not watching it on TV to even high school athletes that – we're banking on this. It's it's rough,
1: Tommy. I just got to say, stay strong. Tell the kids to stay strong, and I'll, I'll see you in, in uh,
3: the summer softball season.
4: Possibly. <laughs> Can't wait
1: for Possibly. it. Possibly. <laughs>
3: yeah, man, be safe. Take care. If I was a high school athlete right now, and you were my coach, and I knew where you lived, I'd be at your house trying to run two-a-days or stretch or something <laughs> or play catch. Seriously. You know,
2: it's, it's, funny, it's funny you say that because we actually had to tell our kid because. When we let our kids go on whatever that was uh, early March, we told them, you know, hey, work hard, you know, do as much as you can. If you guys got to get together, get together. We can't, you know, make it make anything, you know, arranged by us. But if you guys want to arrange it, go ahead. And we actually had to send out a memo to our kids uh, about 10 days ago. It says, look, you know, we love that you're working hard, but you guys got to be safe and dial it back a bit. So train (laughs) on your own. Don't train in groups.
3: Uh, okay, yeah, yeah.
4: Well, Tommy, before we end up letting you go, why don't you end up plugging your social media again as well? And you did mention a podcast, so you could feel free to plug that away as well. And thank you for coming on once again.
2: Anytime, guys. If you, Anytime you guys want to talk shop and talk baseball, I'm your guy. So Absolutely. Uh, yeah, the, the social across all boards is uh, at eight. That's T-C-A-R-O-S-I-E-L-L-I and the number eight. And the podcast is Gap to Gap, and it's presented by uh, the startup that I've been working with, the Breakdown Sports, and it's T H uh, E B R K D W N there. So, um, yeah, thank you guys so much for having me on, and, and definitely looking forward to, to coming back if you'll have me.
4: Hopefully, we could talk a little bit of uh, Cleveland Indians when that season ends up coming back on.
3: Right.
2: I can't wait, man. Same
4: yep. here. Thank you once again, Tommy. Thank you,
3: Tommy. Thank Th- you, Tom.
4: Thanks for having me, guys. Have a good one. You
3: good one. too.
4: When on Austin, I mean, I. I know, like, we were, like, this is the first show with you, and, like, we weren't, like, Riggs and I and Keith, like, we weren't even thinking about it from the perspective of, like, the high school kids, and, like, for that, I actually kind of feel a little bit of an asshole for it. Like, I don't even, like, I didn't think about it, but, like, putting myself in the shoes of these kids that are missing out on opportunities... Missing out on those moments. I mean, shit. The first time I ever had a beer was my regional finals game <laughs> after we ended up losing my senior year. Like that was my first beer ever.
1: Like, oh yeah. There, I mean, there's nothing better than uh, you know having a Friday uh, baseball game and then having a little house party, you know, with some milk and cookies. You know, good good stuff like that afterwards. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I mean, just the social the social aspect of just being with your best friends, playing the most beautiful game in the world and and you're just missing out on it cuz i i mean i coached i coached 4 years uh, at parma high school uh as a the assistant varsity baseball coach and i mean the impact that you know that high school sports has on kids it it, it really it, it's it's life changing and it's just so unfortunate that these kids don't get that opportunity for that one last time so
4: and i mean like i even put it into my shoes too because like as like a high school baseball athlete when did i i missed out on my freshman and sophomore year i played my junior year and my senior year i i mean like as a senior you were automatically on varsity but i wasn't gonna play and i just got all new equipment so i ended up saying i walked into my coach's office and i'm like coach like i I know i'm not starting i know i'm probably not gonna play but i just got this new equipment like can you have me go down to jv like i want to play jv i want to play i want to do i pictured you walking to an office like i don't know
3: i just did for
1: some reason to will play all all 25 games on the jv team and then on the last game of the season all the all the seniors walking with their jersey i want Peyton to play for me on varsity <laughs> kind of right. style uh,
4: but like that that experience alone like i think i made uh school history it's not like it's in the record books and it's not like tommy's friend uh sully would end up knowing it all but um I think I was the first person to actually like step down because not too many people like wanted to because they they don't care about playing varsity like they wouldn't mind sitting and taking a couple grounders before games like they were just a part of it for the ride but I got to play JV baseball the whole entire year and then come playoffs I was able to travel with the team to go to playoffs and I didn't see anything whatsoever and personally I didn't want to because I was so gosh darn anxious I was gonna say <laughs> the GD but I'm trying to be PG somewhat. <laughs> but but, uh i was just so anxious that like i wanted to play but like even if i would have played on that varsity level like i wouldn't feel right doing so but like imagining the fact that my first year was my junior year i would have if it was the same scenario and this happened right now and I was to graduate in 2020 my junior year my first season would have been my only season when you look at it and that sucks
3: well, coronavirus took away the best four years of
4: my life. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, th- that's how, as a kid, when you're playing varsity sports, JV sports, playing sports as a whole, Riggs, that's how you get recognized by the girls. Like, you know? Oh, like, yeah. Th- I mean, Austin knows it best. Like, he has to, you know? Hey. <laughs> but, Riggs, b- before we end up going to our next break, and when we get back, we're going to end up doing a 2020 NFL mock draft for the Cleveland Browns since we did talk some Browns. Um, Riggs, read us off one of those sponsors really quick.
3: Our sponsor right now is our home, Detroit Auto Parts. Westside 4941 Pearl Road, Cleveland, Ohio. They're your friendly neighborhood car parts stores. Mention Redline Radio LLC to receive 10% off of your purchase. That is Detroit Auto Parts. West side 4941 Pro Road Cleveland Ohio at 216-398-7373 that's 216-398-7373. We love you Detroit Auto
4: Parts. Killed it. And we're back on the We Like Sports podcast. Um I mean, obviously we had a couple guests today. We talked some Browns, we talked some high school sports. Um you're with us until about another 20 minutes or so.
3: Buy the damn shirts,
0: please.
4: Buy the new shorts, the new shorts. Who's That's on
0: it. who's on the new shirts? You got a design for him yet?
4: Uh, not yet, but it's going to be Austin's face as well along with Keith too. So somehow we're going to fit 4 people into one t-shirt. Um
1: just put us on, like, a Mount Rushmore or something.
4: Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> you see, I can find that. Oh, <laughs> hey. But, but, like, that's actually
0: a good idea. That really is. Oh,
4: man. Like, <laughs> we, we might do that or else we might end up going with, like, the T-shirt idea of uh, the same thing. Because, like, Austin, if you, Rick, just stand up. really. Like, I've always wanted a, that shit. I've always
1: wanted my face on a bobblehead. So, but, like, I mean.
4: look at that, like. That, that Indians jersey that I have right there, that that's not actually an Indians jersey. It says Wahoos on it. That's how you get around copyright. You nice. brown <laughs> colors, but it just says the name of a
1: really fucking cool independent. Who brand designed brand. him? Oh hell yeah! Some hey, chick on Instagram. <laughs>
4: and uh, Riggs's is a CLE hat because he couldn't get with the uh, Chief Wahoo. And um, the Cleveland Cavaliers jersey just says Cavs, like the calf muscles. Uh, nope. <laughs> but it's Cal. Calves. C A L V E. Hey, real
1: quick, spell uh, C A L. Or er, pronounce C A L. Cal. Cal? Now pronounce V E S. Vez. Put them together. Calvez. What the fuck is Calvez? You mean calves? Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I'm like Calvez? Is this Spanish?
3: Did you just teach me Spanish? Mr. Calves?
4: Uh... Eddie Guerrero. Guerrero. Oh, man. But, I mean, obviously, we're going to end up getting new T-shirts here soon. You could get them, the old ones, on teespring.com and just search the We Like Sports Merch um, exact words. Um, Good thing I didn't buy a new hoodie. There's a reason why. A lot of people didn't. Uh, our uh, former co-host ended up uh, disappearing off the face of the earth, and a lot of people have his face on it, so uh, whatever. <laughs> also, too, uh Social media again: Twitter and Instagram are at We Like Sports PC. Facebook page is mm. We Like Sports Podcast. Our YouTube page as well. We'll end up having the re airing of this Facebook live on um, Thursday morning at 9 a.m. on the We Like Sports Podcast YouTube page, and again the replay of this show will be at 9 a.m. on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, and Anchor. But as I look at my phone really quick, the depression has kicked in. My flight from Cleveland to Tampa is now fifty-five dollars round trip, and I should be at Tampa tomorrow. But it's not. Peyton,
0: let's go. It,
4: I already canceled my ticket, and I have my future flight credit coming up. And I'm hoping that SummerSlam ends up happening for me, and that's the only hope. Otherwise, I have a flight for no reason. So, if who anybody, are
0: going, who were you going with?
4: Uh, it was going to be me and my one friend Andrew that never was on a flight before. Oh, that's so. fun. So um, oh my
3: god, I'm going to pass
4: it out. <laughs> so he was actually watching. I don't think he's watching anymore. But uh he's actually a, um a cleaner at Parma Hospital. So he's going through it right now. Um from the aspect of seeing the craziness and his exact words at Parma Hospital was uh it's as if you would combined the meerkats with the um the orangutans, or like the pumas. It was like combining two animals together, and that was the zoo.
3: Dave reminds me of the meerkat from Lion King.
4: <laughs>
0: I do. Other oh, Dave. potato. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I should have uh, right. You dickhead. Uh, man,
4: so... As we end up mentioning that we did talk some Browns. We're going to end up backtracking here. We are on fanspeak.com, and we are going to end up drafting the Browns, at least probably the first couple of rounds, if not the whole draft. But as of right now, your top nine picks are Joe Burrow to Cincinnati, Chase Young to the Redskins, Isaiah Simmons to the Lions, Derek Brown to the Giants, Tua's going to the Dolphins, Justin Herbert from the Chargers, um, Andrew Thomas to the Panthers, Jeffrey Okuda, I want to say that was the Ohio State cornerback to the Cardinals, and C.D. Lamb from wide receiver for the Jaguars. So the Browns need an offensive tackle, an edge, a safety, a linebacker, a wide receiver, a guard, a cornerback, a tight end, a QB, and a defensive lineman. Holy shit. That's all the needs so far. Um... If you end up going with the best player available, it's Tristan Wirfs, which is he was projected to be the eighth overall. Um, Offensive tackle out of Iowa. Then you have Jerry Judy, that is the wide receiver for Alabama. Um, Sabin, Jeff Gladney from TCU. Um what are you guys thinking here, ideally? What position would you guys get with that tenth overall draft pick? Are you getting a wide receiver? Are you getting an offensive tackle? We have For, yep. so much
1: talent everywhere in every skill position on that offense. We don't need no more skill
3: position players. I believe you have to go offensive tackle there. Yeah, you have to worry about that O line. That that's. I, I'm not worried about any other positions until I figure out my offensive lineman first. Like that. That is the biggest hole in the Cleveland Browns playbook so far this year. We have to worry about that front line. Get yourself a nice, big, corn-fed motherfucker who's agile and who can move. <laughs> <laughs>
4: so when you say corn-fed... Um, like are, someone that looks
3: like Hillbilly Jim from 1986, but he could run a, a three-whatever or whatever the fastest <laughs> thing in a combine is. Are Just, you
4: talking a guy from Iowa, a guy from Louisville, or a guy from Alabama?
3: Either or, with a banjo on their knee.
4: <laughs> I think we'd have to go with Tristan Wirfs from Iowa, just also because of the fact that this is a 10th overall pick and he was projected 8th. How big he, is he?
3: No weird stuff.
4: Um, Large. I, I think 10. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, that's sad. I looked at him when he said 10 and I
3: looked at the comment.
4: Uh, we're talking dick size, right?
1: I thought he was talking about the chicken I got in my backyard. Do you have a 10-inch chicken in your backyard? Oh, a 10-inch cock in my backyard, yeah.
4: <laughs> oh, see, I'm actually thinking you have a chicken in your backyard. Like, oh, you have a big cock. <laughs> Wait, what was that, Riggs? Shut up. <laughs> All right, so Tristan Wirfs is 6'5 and 320 pounds.
1: Can Baker see over him?
4: <laughs> Probably not. Um, then, Mekki Brown from uh, Louisville? Yeah, from Louisville. Louisville. You will be six five two fifty. I don't like that I weight. I
1: like to solve the puzzle. That is big. You you need to be pretty agile to be a tackle.
3: Right. I want someone like Michael Orr from the fucking blind so, Well, no, that's different position.
0: <laughs> uh, Where's our Julia
3: Roberts to motivate somebody? <laughs> in
0: your backyard. Julia Roberts was yeah, not that was, even in there. Yeah, that, right? that was in Julia. Oh, that's um, <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> Isn't it Sandra Bullock? Really? Yeah, correct. <laughs> <laughs> Julia
3: Roberts has, like, wide lips. Pretty woman. She played a prostitute.
4: Uh, <laughs> Jedrick Willis Jr. is 6'5", 320 pounds from Alabama. I'd have to go with Tristan Wirfs just because that when you look up pretty much the number 8 and 14, 8s lower, so i I Isn't just have really? to go with that. Yeah. Dang. So I'm just gonna have to go with that idea. Um,
3: See me, I'm th- I'm looking at like, oh, we have somebody from under Nick Saban's uh, under, under Nick Saban's uh, model. So, hmm, well, let's go with this person. But, yeah, but
1: Nick Saban's whole model is he produces defenses. Yeah, that, that's why I was like, well,
3: It, it looks in, so good that it looks intriguing. But right, I wouldn't just go with it off rip like you just said. Exactly
4: um all right so on to the next round nobody notable really that i paid attention to like no quarterbacks a <coughs> couple other guys but you know stuff um <laughs> trying to pretty much get all the whole entire browns things um this is also again on com. um browns coming up in the second round do they have a second round pick i believe they do right Chase Claypool.
1: I, th- I think in this uh, in the second round you gotta you gotta focus on the defense here. Either go for a linebacker or an edge
4: rusher to play opposite of Miles Garrett. Uh, um, let's look at the linebackers and then we could look at edges. Uh, Willie Gay Jr. I actually saw
1: uh, him being projected to the Browns in a different mock draft. I one of the one of those networks, whatever it is, <laughs> yeah, sports <laughs> or Fox Sports, one of them. But so I did see that name before in a projection. Riggs,
4: you did say in Austin, too, you guys pretty much agreed with the fact that if you go on the defensive side, you kind of want that Alabama product, right? There we go. So would you want an edge rusher that would be Terrell Lewis? Or would you want Anthony Jennings at linebacker?
1: I like one... Players have confusing names. So I I'm swear to go God, that I one. thought about <laughs> yeah, like Oben joke Oh, yeah.
4: <laughs> oh,
3: he's fucking good.
4: So we're gonna go. <laughs> Anne and Fernie.
3: And Fernie.
4: It's like Anthony, but it's just like you're saying it like completely. You ever wrong. Seen, You ever seen the movie
3: Mean Girls Is, with uh, Lindsay Lohan? Tim uh, Meadows said the same thing in that fucking movie. He's like, oh, my sister wanted to name my uh, my. Uh, my nephew, Anthony, just name him Anthony. I swear to God, if you go back and you watch Mean Girls, Tim Meadows says the same fucking thing.
4: Why do you know Mean Girls that well?
3: Because it's a damn good movie. <laughs> <laughs> Tell Aaron his hair looks sexy, push back.
4: Aaron, your hair looks sexy, push back. Shay. shay. Like yeah, It's a good-ass movie. J.K. Dobbins was drafted in this draft by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That looks very intriguing for Tom Brady just because of the fact. Second round um, pick 10, I believe. Pick ten, I believe. KJ Hill to the Ravens. Who's
0: you got Pittsburgh
4: taking? Um, in the second round?
0: woo It was actually
4: the thirteenth pick was J.K. Dobbins. I wouldn't be
1: surprised if Jordan Love the Steelers just picked second round every pick. single High State guy, like they always do.
3: And that's where I think the Browns fuck up at. It's like we never pick anyone homegrown like that. Like everybody else wants to pick Buckeyes, and it's like, oh, yeah, I remember him when he played for the college team I wrote for, but my professional team that sits by the lake doesn't want to pick up anybody
4: like that. So the Steelers ended up getting, in this draft, Jordan Love in the second round, Utah State, human movement science major. Um, <coughs> He is 6'4", 225 pounds. I guess he's kind of the – when you end up comparing him really quick – and I know we have a couple of Browns guys here, but it's about even with 2-2 two and two, um, with Steelers and Browns. Cause oh, yeah, you're a Steelers fan.
1: I forgot about I that. I forget about that shit, Yeah, too. what the hell? I know. Why are we even sitting in this room with him talking Cleveland sports? when We're talking uh, national sports. Eh. It just so happens that the Browns <laughs> are in
4: the news because they're actually doing something. Um, ben Raltosberger is 6'5", 241 pounds. And Jordan Love is six four, two hundred twenty five pounds. So ideally, Ben Roethlisberger and Jordan Love are almost the same in comparison. So I like the fact that they end up getting a quarterback in the second round. Um, just mind your business. Let's see what else they got in the third round. They have Prince Tega Wanogo from uh the somewhere Anawaii family. Yeah, somewhere. Offensive tackle by the Bengals. Rayquan Davis, defensive lineman to the Lions. Um and then with the Browns, we filled the need for the linebacker. We filled the need for um offensive tackle. Now we have an edge, a safety, a guard, a cornerback, or a defensive lineman. I we have wide receiver, tight end, and quarterback still, but I could we could still hold off here. I think I think we definitely need to uh, f-
1: go go more for depth on the offensive line. Probably a guard's position, maybe, because uh, as we all know, they got rid of Austin Corbett, who is of course now starting for the Los Angeles uh, Rams. Because uh, Freddie Kitchens doesn't know how to manage players and Freddy put a lot of Kitchens people in the dog <laughs> in the doghouse real the quickly.
4: Most asinine head coach that I've ever seen, man. <laughs> Remember when he sat Demarius Randall at the end of the year? Yeah. Remember <laughs> when he did that one thing that made him look like a dumbass? Yeah, that's being called oh, every week. Yes. Oh, uh, man. So as we look at the positions, looking at guards here, we have Solomon Kindley from Georgia. Kevin Dotson from Louisiana, or Nitane M- Muti? Another confusing name. So are we going with him at the guard spot or? Yeah. Yeah. Where's he out of? Fresno State? Yeah. Um. Let's actually look at his size. Riggs, how big is he?
3: How big is this that
4: guy you just named off?
3: First off, spell his fucking name.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to know how big he was, and if you knew it off the top of your head. Oh, I, I, don't, I don't even know what this guy even looks like. Six uh, three, three hundred seven pounds, and he's a Hawaiian guy. So.
1: Uh, I remember Hawaiian guys playing in Cleveland. Sean Laval. What about what's Sh- his name? Oops. Danny Shelton. Danny Shelton. Yeah, what, Dan, what, yeah. what about that uh, that linebacker that we had too? too uh, No, no. Uh, what was his that name? was
4: always the that was always the imaginary uh, guy. Maiva.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, Kaluka
4: Maeva or whatever. Yeah, the linebacker with the fluffy hair. He was garbage. But then he went to the Raiders, and then he actually played well. Like, yeah.
0: Hey, I just got somebody on Facebook or Twitter just said the latest Trent Williams rumors: Redskins to move Trent and the two pick. Oh,
1: maybe for the number one.
0: <sighs> I would think Miami. Yeah, here's the thing. So I didn't get Tua.
4: So, here's the thing. This was also, oh, chase. like, I've seen this. and You just, said two pick. I thought you meant second-round pick. I don't know why I thought that. The number two pick. <laughs> so, there's been rumors, too, along with the fact that the Dolphins are t- tempting to trade up to number one. And with that number one pick, they're essentially not, like, they don't care about Joe Burrow, I don't think. I think they just want their guy, and that's Tua. And they're trying to trade up, and they own 14 picks this draft. Six picks in the top 70.
1: I truly don't understand why you don't take Joe Burrow. I've I've never seen a guy dominate the college football playoffs the way Joe Burrow dominated him last season.
4: So with Joe Burrow, then, if he ends up going to have? Miami. We have
1: eight total touchdowns in the one in, in the yeah. first round game. That's insane. It's like playing NCAA uh, 2014. I yeah, because that's <laughs> the only game that's relevant. <laughs> right? If Cincinnati
0: does that, they need to fu- They need to be an expansion team somewhere.
1: Yeah, XFL. I, go to the XFL. Bring in the top XFL team. <laughs> put them in the NFL. I mean, how
0: do you drop the ball on that with Jake Burrow?
1: Yeah, that's that makes no. sense. The set. only
0: way I see the that, that working. Here's a scenario: you draft Chase Young there at one, and you sign Cam Newton.
4: If you're didn't Jacksonville Cincinnati? sign. No, Jackson, no. Just in the
0: and then you trade Andy Dalton to New England for their first round twenty third pick. So now you got two other picks. That's the only way I see that working.
1: I heard I heard a rumor about uh, New England possibly shopping for uh, Deshaun Watson in a deal. Wow, Man. I saw it. a rumor. I don't know where it was Dude. from. I just saw it. But can you imagine Deshaun Watson under Belichick?
0: Under Belichick. Could you imagine Bill O'Brien losing two of the top five players within yeah. two months? Well,
4: yeah. Here's the thing, though. After hearing what the type of person Bill O'Brien is, he sounds like a piece of shit just from the aspect of him saying that – who was it, DeAndre Hopkins that he ended up saying that he doesn't want another Aaron Hernandez-type player because he kept on bringing his like his baby mama's, mama around. Yeah. Mamas.
3: More than one, <laughs> plural.
4: Whatever. Yeah. So, like, I mean – I could see him being that stupid and doing that, though. But with the fact of, like, the number one pick, if you are the Dolphins, you almost have to go Joe Burrow. Like, that that would be the ideal thing. And if you're Cincinnati, you sound like you're stupid enough to actually do that. Like,
3: Well, they are related to the Browns. They're <laughs> our cousins, so.
4: They're
0: your brothers. Baby, I don't. Easy. I don't consider him. But I, was, I
3: assume that distant cousin,
1: at, l- at least step step brother. I mean, Paul right. Brown, Paul Paul Brown left and got it. Yeah, yeah. So not the same, different mama. You know, <laughs> right? That, same daddy, different, different city, mama. different mama. We're we're step brothers. If anything, you only see each or other half brothers.
4: <laughs> you only see each other for Easter and Christmas. Oh man, but yeah, like I could definitely see the Dolphins actually making that move and actually that coming through because. I think you could actually fleece them from the perspective of if you have six top seventy draft picks. They got a lot of they got a lot of uh options there. Yeah, I mean trading. You could, you could literally give three of those six draft picks, get your quarterback two at one. And I mean Cincinnati, I'm, if they swap let's see here. Um oh shit. Let me just go back to the other draft. Um so, if you end up being Cincinnati, you could end up just swapping one and five. And you, like, right now the Redskins don't really need a quarterback. They just have Dwayne Haskins. So, why would you bother? I could see the Detroit Lions maybe jumping in there. We and, talked about that. Yeah, I could see them
0: drafting quarterback. So, then you would trade Stafford and your pick?
1: I, I think, I think if anything, they, they have uh, whoever the Lions do pick. A guy, I think they have Stafford uh, start the season and see what happens. If, what if Stafford in,
0: goes to the Patriots? I've heard that,
1: too. That I'll tell you what. Stafford isn't a bad quarterback. He's a good quarterback. He's, he's just played. He's been in a bad situation since the day he was drafted. Megatron retired early on him. I mean, he, right when Stafford was supposed to be hitting his prime, his number one target retires only after,
4: what, eight, nine years? Like, there's <sighs> – just looking at, like, the first six draft picks, it's very confusing because you have Joe Burrow, without a doubt, number one. The Redskins, I don't think, will go for another quarterback after having Dwayne Haskins, so why would you do that when you could end up partnering him up with, on the defensive end, two college teammates, Chase Young on the defensive end.
0: And their wide receiver.
3: Yeah, and exactly. No,
0: I'm
3: sorry. Riggs, what was that? No, I was watching this. Throwback Finals game, and I remember when the Cavs used to have fucking handshakes before and after games.
4: So I'm gonna hit them handshakes. Oh. Um. Anyways, though, with the Detroit Lions, I could see them. It, I could see them drafting a quarterback. I could see that being a possibility. The New York Giants won't. Then at five and six, you have two other teams that could end up being quarterback hungry with the Chargers and the Dolphins. So. If if I'm the Bengals, if you end up trading them, I need the five because at six, I know that there's another chance that even if I get Tua, that he could be gone if what? I end up. What? That uh Tua at five. I mean, he's. I don't think he's dropping any lower, especially with the fact that he was successful and then ended up falling down. But I mean, I I think that's it for this week's uh we Like Sports Podcast. Forward this week, um, we'll definitely have to jump in more Browns the next week. Hopefully, sometime in the near future. Hopefully, the NFL news keeps on continuing on and rolling on. Um, what are you guys thinking about next week? Do you want to go with that solution of maybe the simulated season for the for the Indians that I mentioned, and what you end up drafting? How I was since like two thousand seven and playing out the seasons and seeing how successful we are. Because so we could go down that route. Because <laughs> We've been talking football. We could go down that route. We'll end up figuring that out for next week, but definitely stay tuned. Our replay of the We Like Sports podcast will be on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, and Anchor at 9 a.m. Thursday morning. And also, we are going to be on our YouTube page as well, uploading the latest video at 9 a.m. on Thursday as well. Again, Riggs, read off one of those sponsors for us, and then we're going to head out.
3: Another good one. Always Green Landscaping, 330-487-0582. For all your landscaping needs, call Sean, Twinsburg, Ohio, Chamberlain Road, 9412. And the phone number is 330-487-0582. And stay safe out here during this bullshit pandemic.
4: And as long as I'm Peyton and he's Riggs and Austin's Austin, I actually got that right because last week I fucked it up. We'll see you next week, and thanks again for tuning into the we Like Sports Podcast. Stay tuned. Wash your hands, wash your ass. Austin, thanks for joining us once again. Absolutely. Hopefully, we'll see you full time. Yeah, I think you will. Thank you for having me. Awesome. We'll see you next week, guys.
3: Later.